Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And we are now in Erev, the final days of Pesach, Shri Shal Pesach, and Achran Shal Pesach. So we'll begin with um, some halacha. We'll go through halachas of Sfira. And then I'd like to talk about the Syanta that's coming upon us, the Syanta of Shri Shal Pesach how we need to relate to it, how we should try to relate to it, and in particular in the current climate, the time we're going through, what makes this Pesach so unique, how should we combine that to inspire us to celebrate Shri Yishal Pesach in the proper way. So beginning with Hilchah Sfira, important thing always to remember is that we all know that if you miss a day of Sfira, which might be a big, uh, bigger nasai in this year because when we're davening biyachidus, we're davening alone, might might forget to count, we might count the wrong day, which basically means that we forgot a day if we realize, you know, too late by the next day that we counted the right day, wrong day, I'm sorry. So we, you miss a day, so you can't count with a bracha anymore. And it's important to realize that just because you can't count with a bracha doesn't mean, oh my gosh, you messed up and you're not in the midst of it anymore. It's really on the contrary. The primary opinion in halacha, the majority opinion in halacha, is that even if you miss a day, it doesn't affect the remaining days. And according to that opinion, even if you miss a week, you still keep on counting the next night, and that opinion holds you count with a bracha. And that's really the main opinion. The main opinion is that the mitzvah doesn't get affected by missing a night. But being that there is a very strong opinion that holds that you need to count all the nights, so when it comes to brachas, the rule always is that we're extra machmir when it comes to brachas. We always are more stringent, and we don't make a bracha unless we're absolutely certain we can. So you don't make a bracha, but don't let that make you feel that, okay, there's really no major point for me to continue counting. On the contrary, the majority opinion is you count, and you're mekayim the mitzvah regardless of what happened the day before. Each day is an individual mitzvah. So it's important to keep that in mind, and in particular this year. If someone, as we said, forgot to count at night, but you remember during the following day, count as soon as you remember, without a bracha. And if you do that, as long as you count it at any point during the following day, you can continue to count with a bracha on the following night. And likewise, if let's say you counted one night and for whatever reason you didn't make a bracha, doesn't make a difference. That doesn't affect the following night. Continue the next night with a bracha. As long as you don't miss a full day without counting, as long as you counted at some point during that period of time, night or day, you can continue the following night with a bracha. One interesting question, which comes up a lot, especially this time of year, when we make early Shabbos, is let's say you forgot to count Thursday night. You made early Shabbos, still day, but you then realize, oh my gosh, I forgot to count last night. And uh, can I count now? It's already, I was already in Mechabal Shabbos. I brought on Shabbos. It's kind of the next day. Can I count for last night? And the answer is you can. Because when you bring on Shabbos early, it brings, what it's really doing is it's conferring the Kedusha of Shabbos onto Friday. But it doesn't change the day of the month, and it doesn't change the day of the Sphira. So it's really still Thursday. I'm sorry, uh, still Friday as far as uh, Sphira is con- concerned. So you can still count the previous night's Sphira and then you'll be able to count later when it becomes dark, you'll be able to count the Shabbos Sfira with a bracha. 
even if you remember that you forgot to count the previous night. And it's after Shkia, right? It's about 7.40 these days. You can count then, because after Shkia is not yet night. After Shkia is still only a suffix. So I'll give you about, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes after Shkia. As long as within that period of time you counted, you just say it, then you could continue to count the following night, that night, later on after, uh, after it's certainly night, you can count with a bracha. Now, what about if you just don't remember? Again, this is something which is very likely to happen this year, that we're all dominating B'chidus. You just don't know what happened last night. Did I remember? Did I remember? Did I forget? You have just no way to remember. You can't ask anybody else. And here, too, if it's a, a true suffix you really don't know, you can continue counting with a bracha. And basically, the rules of all these things are that unless you're 100% certain that you were not Yaitse the previous day, uh, you can, can then, you know, if you're 100% certain you were not Yaitse, you totally counted the wrong day or you totally forgot to count, so then you can't continue with the bracha. But if there's any possibility that you were Yaitse, you counted during the day, that's a possibility you're Yaitse, or you just don't know and it's possible you counted, as long as there's a possibility you were Yaitse the previous day, that's enough that you should be able to continue counting the following night with a bracha. When you count Sphira, with or without a bracha, you are supposed to stand. Now, you're Yaitse even if you don't. So if you're in a situation where you're worried, you won't remember later, like you're taking some kind of a long trip in a car, it's kind of unlikely this year, but should that be the case uh, and you're going to get home late, you can count then and there in the, ca- in the car, even though you're sitting to ensure that, you know, you don't forget later and you, you are Yaitse. If after you made the bracha, you counted and then you realized said the wrong number. So if you remember immediately, within a few seconds, so then just change it to the right number. Let's say you said, and you realize it's really 10, so just immediately say, like, don't even start over for that's what you do. You do the same thing when we start counting weeks, you make a mistake with the weeks, same deal. You know, just switch it. But what happens if you didn't realize right away? You only realize five minutes later when you check the calendar, which is a good thing to do before you make the bracha. Uh, but you, that, you only realize five minutes later you counted the wrong one. So then what you do is you uh, have to count again and with a bracha, right? You counted a totally wrong night. Count again with a bracha because what you did was uh, invalid. It doesn't count. It's as if you didn't count at all. If, you would, if that would go till the next day, you wouldn't be able to continue with a bracha. So you, count, you, you, you said the wrong day you have, to, um, you have to say it again with a bracha. But if you said the correct day, but let's say you messed up on the weeks plus days, right? You made the wrong, uh, you added it up wrong. So as long as you said the correct day, you don't count again with a bracha. And likewise, uh, the following night, you can continue counting with a bracha. La'oimer and ba'oimer are two different describes. It makes no difference which one you say. Um, and uh, one, I think, is Ashkenaz and one is Sfard. We all know that if you are asked what day it is, you shouldn't say the actual day you haven't counted yet because then you kind of are yet to the mitzvah as soon as you say. But this is only if you say tonight is this and this. But if all you just said, all you said was they asked you what's tonight and you just said a number, then like you just said, oh, 14, then that's nothing. That doesn't, that's nothing and you can still count later. It's only if you actually specified in your, the words you use with tonight is such and such. Anyway, the best practice, as we all know, is to say what the last night was. After we 
say the Omer, we say Harachaman. Why do we say Harachaman, who, you know, that Hashem should rebuild the Bessah Mitzvah? The reason is because uh, there is an opinion that this Mitzvah is really only applicable Minat when the Karbin HaOmer was actually brought. And we would count from when the Karbin HaOmer was actually brought. The Karbin HaOmer was brought the second day of Pesach, the night. So it started, the process was started at night, they cut it at night, and that's when we started counting. And being that that doesn't happen, since we don't have the Beis HaMikdash, so we only count as a Zechel HaMikdash, to remind ourselves of what we used to do in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. And that is uh, why we say this Harachamon. Because every time we do something which is essentially a Zechel to what was done, to remind us of what was done in the Beis HaMikdash, so we say, Hashem, please give us back the Beis HaMikdash, so we could do this for, for real, we could do this in Tyra and be able to bring the Aymer Karbin. It's, it's now a Mitzvah Drabanan, and we wish it could really be a Mitzvah Dairaisa. And this is something actually which is so important. And again, the climate that we're in right now and the time that we're living through, well, I think it's something that we can all relate to a lot more, how much we wish we had the base of Mikdash, how much we wish Mashiach was here, how much we wish we could all be in Eretz Yisrael without any coronavirus, celebrating all together on the Makam HaMikdash, the way Yantiv was meant to be celebrated. So that Harachaman should hit home a lot more powerfully these days, I think. It's something to think about. Okay, so that summarizes the Lucas of Surah Sa'imah. Let's talk a little bit about Shavit Pesach, seventh day of Pesach, the second half of Pesach, which is coming upon us. When we look at how Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim progressed, and historically, you know, when it actually happened back then in Chumash, how Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim progressed through Kriyas Yamsuf, it seems that Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was the beginning of a tremendous revelation of the Shekhinah, Hashem's appearing to us, as we said in Haggadah, regarding Matzah. Hashem appeared to us. Hashem revealed Himself to us through this tremendous nace of taking us out of Mitzrayim, redeeming us. But that was just the beginning. It reached the pinnacle by Kriyas Yamsuf, when Hashem destroyed their enemies once and for all with a demonstration of strength that was unparalleled previously. Our demonstration, which... This demonstration of Kriyas Yamsuf, splitting the sea, shook the whole world to its core. We say this in Az every day. Shamu Amemir Gozim, Chil Ochaz, Yeshe Palashas. The nations heard and they were frightened. A, a fear gripped the Plishtim who lived in Palashas. So the whole world was affected by this. And it also affected Klai Yisrael as well. It brought them to a level of Amuna they had not had previously, as we say every day. The nation feared Hashem. And they believed in Hashem and Moshe, his servant, meaning they believed before too, but this brought them to a whole new level, a whole new madrega, something they hadn't had previously. So Kriyas Yamsuf was the pinnacle of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It was the apex. It was where everything was, was the whole process was leading up to. But here's what's funny. If we look at our own experience of Pesach, it seems kind of the opposite. The high point of Pesach, the most inspiring and powerful moments for us, I think we agree, is on the night of the Seder. There, we're sitting with our kittles, we're leading like kings, leading an elevated and holy Seder, 
doing the mitzvahs of matzah and mara and afikaimen, singing hallel and growing greater and greater if we have people participating with our Seder, with them or ourselves. That's like the, the most powerful and inspiring moment. On the first day of Pesach, in addition, we say the whole howl. The rest of Pesach seems to take a step down. We only say half of howl. Half howl means that Chazal told us that really you don't have to say howl at all for the rest of Pesach, but everyone got together and said, no way, we're not going through a yantav and not saying howl, and therefore they inter- instituted this kind of peshara, like they made this compromise where we say parts of howl. So originally it was kind of a minig, and now obviously developed into a halacha. So hal gets diminished. And also we don't seem to do anything special on the last days of Pesach. In shul we would lay in az yasher, unfortunately we won't be doing that this year. So how does our Pesach follow the same trajectory of growth and inspiration that the original Pesach had? If you compare az yasher to halo, you'll see there are very, very different forms of praise. They're almost opposites in a way. Howell focuses on what Hashem did for us. Look at the first parak. We talk about Hashem. Although He's so elevated and high, He's so high up in Shemayim, but He descends to see us. He comes to see us, and what does He do? He raises a destitute person from the dirt. He elevates a poor person from the dump. That's what he does for us. And we're referring to us, how he took us out of Mitzrayim. And then look at the second parak, which actually talks about Kriyas Yamsev. We address Klal Yisrael right away. Yehuda was holy. Yisrael followed in their numbers, which Chazal explained to mean the performance of Yehuda and Klai Yisrael, of Nachshain and Shevet Yehuda, who jumped into the water first, it came up to their necks. They displayed tremendous amuna and trust in Hashem and inspired Klai Yisrael to follow after. And the next pasuk, Hayam Ra'av Ayana, is the sea, saw and, and ran away and split, implies that it was in Klai Yisrael's chus that the sea split, which has truth to it, but the Pasuk explains that no. It was an awe of Hashem that the sea split. So the whole howl is focused on us and what Hashem did for us. We're praising Hashem because of how much He does for us, how much we owe Him, how much we benefited from His kindness. As, the same as we finish Nishmas by saying, Up till now I have been assisted by your kindness. Please don't abandon us, ever. We say then how we wish we could use every available resource possible to thank Hashem for all He has done for us, as if our mouths could pour out praise like the oceans, right? And so on. That all because of what Hashem did for us as the whole Nishmas, and that's what Hallel is all about. That's the kind of thank you. We're thankful for Hashem, the kindness we've experienced. But Az Yashir is a very different form of praise. We barely mention Klai Yisrael at all. We don't talk about how we were almost killed. We don't mention how our enemies were drowned and we were saved. We don't talk about the riches we got afterwards. No. We only exclusively talk about the greatness of Hashem, the tremendous display of strength and might that were exhibited, how the whole world now trembles from His greatness. Hashem exhibited His greatness uh, he's cast a horse and rider into the sea simultaneously. The only slight mention of us in the whole of Yashir 
is when we say, Hashem's might was our salvation. And here too, the stress is on the power and might of Hashem. We talk about the destruction of Markovay's Paray's chariots, of how Hashem's right hand, Yemincha, Tiratzayev, destroyed the enemy, how the breath of his nose, Ruach HaPecha, Tirmumayim, piled up the water, and so on. It's all focusing on Hashem's greatness, his might, his strength, his fearsomeness. That is the only thing we're focusing on, and the whole of us, Yashir, culminates with the greatest praise we can give. It summarizes everything. Hashem Hashem should rule forever. And Chazal say that would Klai Yisrael have said, instead of Yimlech, future tense, they would have said, Hashem Melech, present tense, if the Mashiach would have arrived and that would have qualified as the final redemption. But instead, they said Hashem will, in the future, future tense, rule over the whole world, openly and unequivocally, and therefore now it remains our job to do that, to make that happen, to change Yimlaich, the future tense, into Melach, into present tense, for us to bring Hashem's honor into this world, to bring Hashem's presence into this world, and bring Mashiach to Canaan. Praising Hashem for what He did for us is a tremendous obligation, and that's how Pesach begins. And it's truly the ultimate obligation. It's the reason for our creation. And that's how we begin Pesach, and that's what the Seder is all about. But the praise is meant to elevate us to the next level. And that's the greatest level a person can achieve. When we totally forget about ourselves and focus only on the greatness of Hashem. When Kavit Shemaim, the honor of Hashem, becomes the most important thing in our lives. That's the highest level which we aspire to reach. On Rosh Hashanah davening, that's what it's exclusively about. We don't really talk about ourselves, our needs, the year, all those things. The davening is only talking about the restoring of honor of Hashem in this world. It's the highest level that you can reach, and it's what will ultimately happen when Mashiach comes. And we can hasten it if we care about it. The progression of Klal Yisrael from Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to Kriyas Yamsuf was exactly that. The first days of Pesach, Klai Yisrael was overcome with gratitude for the amazing kindness and goodness that Hashem showered upon them. And that's what the Seder night is all about, as well as we talked during the Shabbos HaGadol Drasha, the whole Seder revolves around Hal. But that form of praise diminishes as Pesach continues because the focus now moves from us to Hashem, from our salvation to Kavit Shemaim. Saying full Hal isn't appropriate anymore particularly because our salvation came at the expense of some Kavit Shemayim. That is what Chazal means. They say, Hashem tells the angels, my handiwork is drowning in the ocean, and you're saying, Shira? Hashem tells the angels, my creations are drowning. The Mitzrayim, they're drowning. You're singing praises, meaning that when Hashem's creations get destroyed, they haven't lived to the potential they were created for, that they themselves should give Kavit Shemayim, and they died instead, and that diminishes Kavit Shemayim. For Malachim, who are so intensely aware of the honor of Hashem, of Kavit Shemayim, it, that prevents them from saying praise at all. But for us, on the contrary, it's our job to work now, move away the focus from ourselves, and start focusing on Kavit Shemayim alone. We move away from Hal, and we focus on Az Yashir. That's our job, to rebuild and strengthen Hashem's honor in this world. And that's where we are headed in the last days of Pesach, 
essentially there is a tremendous growth going on uh, in ourselves as well. But here's the problem. It's so much easier for us to relate to the first days. It's tangible. It's so relatable. Kavit Shemayim is a seemingly lofty concept. But is it? And I think this year is a very different year in this respect. I think this year we can experience the progression and growth inherent in Pesach as it's meant to be experienced. I think the very first thing is something I remember from Rav Matisio, Solomon Shlita, he should be well, when he spoke. It was immediately after 9-11. They had a hookup all around the world. I was in Los Angeles at the time. And 9-11, the Twin Towers were knocked down by planes, the Pentagon, and all planes were grounded. And this was like a few day, a day or two afterwards. And he said, the whole world is gripped by fear and uncertainty. We're scared. We feel out of control. But he says, this is what we daven for on Rosh Hashanah. Hashem, please place your awesome fear upon us. In other words, what this really means for us is that the unprecedented, this unusual predicament, this Pesach that no one will ever forget. And it could bring us to fear and lack of simcha. Really, it's meant for us to translate and transpose into Yerash Shemayim. Truly, how can one not stand back and think, what is Hashem doing? He's made everyone helpless. When I was in the hospital, in the ICU, every doctor who came to see me, including the head of the ICU, was amazingly humble. Their humility was something to learn from because the situation inspired humility. Everybody knows when they're helpless. I was speaking to a non-religious woman today who has a great connection to the Orthodox community, but she's not observant. But she told me in the middle of our conversation that her 20-year-old son called her today in the middle of the day and said, Mom, I just put on tefillin for the first time since my bar mitzvah. I sense that God is angry, and I want to be right by him. She was so taken by this, and truthfully, so was I. He got it. This boy got it. This non-religious boy, he gets it. And I don't know if our approach is that God is angry. I don't know if that's the point. But he definitely got that right. We have to be right by Hashem. We have to do our part to create a tremendous Kavod Shemayim. So number one, let's simply talk about this point. Hashem is doing all of this. Let's stress it, review it to ourselves out loud and to our families and children and to anyone who will listen. That's the first thing we can do to make the most of this message that's being broadcast loud and clear, we can listen. My father-in-law sent me a piece written by, it, uh, I think a, written from a recording of a shir that Rav Elias Zezatzal, the Rosh Hashiva of Philadelphia, who was his Rebbe, he wrote, he said, and he was saying this during a previous epidemic, I'm not sure which one. He writes that we see in the Tyra that Ketairas, that carbon of Ketairas, the incense that was brought on the Mizbeach Hazav, has the power to halt an epidemic. Moshe tells Aaron Hakayin to bring Ketairas in the midst of a plague that was killing the Jews, and it stopped it. And the truth is that Rabbi Kiva Eger said, in a letter, a famous letter, which he wrote during the cholera epidemic of that time, he advises everybody to start saying Pitum Ketairas every day, like we do on Shabbos, after davening, and it's something which I've been trying to do. 
It's, it's a segula to prevent a plague, to prevent a magefa. So why does Kataris have this ability? So he demonstrates from various sources that the Kataris was unique among Karbanis, that its sole purpose was to give covet to Hashem, Shemayim alone, to give honor to Hashem. And he goes on to say that that's what we need to do as well. If we want to prevent an epidemic, focus on the honor of Hashem, Shemayim. And he gives three suggestions how to strengthen ourselves in this aspect. And any one of them is a powerful thing to think about. And I'd like to add a fourth based on the medrash he brings in his piece. Number one, he says, strengthening ourselves in Torah brings tremendous kvot He says that this is what Moshe Rabbeinu demonstrated to the angels, why we should get the Torah. He said, he said to Hashem, Hashem keep your honor in the heavens. And Moshe said, no. The true kvot will be here on earth when Klaus gets the Torah and keeps it and learns it despite their test, despite the trials, despite the Yetzirah. And he was right. And that's how the covet of Hashem will be made greater. Strengthening ourselves in Torah, learning Torah, keeping mitzvahs, diktuk ha-mitzvah, diktuk find something, keep something better, whether it's Lashon Hara, whether it's davening, whether it's other mitzvahs, whether it's simply learning Torah, strengthening learning, especially during this time when it's so much more difficult. The second thing he writes, as the Ram, Rambam famously clarifies based on the Gemara, demonstrate the beauty of being a Jew whether in front of other Jews, non-Jews, demonstrate how a Jew has midas tevis. He's kind, he's polite, he's caring, he's compassionate, he's honest and true. One of my father-in-law's neighbors in Los Angeles, is a boy of about 20, saw a video of this, stood in front of a Trader Joe's in Los Angeles, 3rd Street, very busy street, and he had a trunk full of toilet paper, and he was distributing to anybody who needed it. People would stop with their cars and he would throw it into the window. He'd give it to the people in front of Trader Joe's. There was no toilet paper to be had. And this is, I must say, an original form of kindness, but it's definitely a uniquely Jewish form of chesed. It's tremendous. And there's so many ways that we can think to strengthen ourselves in this way to demonstrate the beauty of being a Jew. And lastly, Ravelius says, look for ways to strengthen ourselves in being respectful to Tamidah Chachamim, including all people who spend their days learning Taira. Let us respect them. Let us talk about how amazing they are, how amazing it is that they're learning Taira, how amazing it is to, to learn from people that learn Taira all day, to learn from people that know so much more Taira than us. All of us have that obligation to give respect to Talmudah Chachamim, follow what they say, demonstrate to us and to the people around us how we take their words seriously and we learn from them and we follow what they say. Those are the three suggestions Ravelli gives. Learn Taira, keep the Taira properly, demonstrate how beautiful it is to be a Jew, Kiddush Hashem, and lastly, give cover to Talmudah Chachamim and all people who spend their days learning Taira. And I want to add quickly a fourth one that... Uh, we bring the medrash that Chazal say <clears throat> that um, on the, the again a pasuk we say typically every day Yancha Hashem Biyom Tzara Hashem should answer us on our day of of, of Tzara you know the, the kind of days we're going through now so Chazal bring they should call out to me Hashem says and and I'll answer them because I'm with them in the Tzara. Amar Kadosh Baruch Hashem says, "V'shoshem megas tarli Yisrael." When difficult times come to Klai Yisrael, mevakshin oisi, and they say, "Hashem, please, we need you now." 
And with that, they become partners in my honor. My honor will come to them. I'll answer them. They call out to me, answer me. My honor goes down with them in their difficult times. And what this means is strengthen ourselves in Sila. The more and more we recognize how Shema Kailahinu is the only thing we can so we can rely on in this time. The more and more we put our faith and stock in Tehillim and in Davening and being the spallow, the greater we are making a Kiddush Hashem and demonstrating Kavit Shemayim. We're demonstrating to all that this is all there is that's happening here. Hashem wants us to turn to Him. And when we turn to Him, then we're mishtatif with Him and His Kavit comes down here and He's Ima Enoichi Bitzaram. So that's where the Yantiv of Pesach is leading us. It began with this, such a beautiful opportunity to thank Hashem for all that He has given us, and we have so much to thank for, so much. We've, so many people made such a tremendous Kiddush Hashem in that alone, and they're going through such a difficult time, whether they were sick, a family member was sick, or they were alone, and it was difficult to make this Seder, and they nevertheless made this Seder with such simcha, such joy, such amuna, and such betachen, and thankfulness. And those, those were the first days of Pesach. And now we have to step it up and step up to the challenge, to the last days of Pesach, where we focus exclusively on Kavit Shemayim and try to do our part to strengthen ourselves in making Hashem's honor great in this world, bringing down Kavit Shemayim, whether through talking about what Hashem is doing here, how this is only Hashem, whether through being Meshazik and learning Torah, whether through finding a way how we can demonstrate the beauty of being a Jew or whether giving more honor to Tamir HaChamim and focusing and putting our heart and souls and what, all that we rely on, on Tzvila, on all these ways, we can make ourselves strong in Kuwait Shemayim, bring greater Kuwait Shemayim to this world. And with that, we should all be Zaycha, that it won't be Hashem Yim Lech Lailam Mashiach will come and it will be Hashem Melech Hashem will truly rule over the world in full display with true Kuwait Shemayim Bimheir Yameinu. Wishing everybody a wonderful Yantiv, a beautiful Yantiv, and a healthy Yantiv. Have a good Yantiv and a good night.